Welcome to the E-Governance Academy podcast to discover the future of governance. E-Governance Academy has assisted digital transformation globally in more than 130 countries. Our experts will share their insights and worldwide examples on how digital technology could benefit every society. Tune in for the Digital Government Podcast every Wednesday. Hello and welcome to eGovernance Academy Digital Governance Podcast. My name is Linnarvik. I'm a program director at Estonian eGovernance Academy. And today I have at studio with me Merle Maigre, our uh, expert on cybersecurity field at eGovernance Academy. Welcome, Merle. Hi, nice to be here. And the topic of today is uh, related very much to cybersecurity, but to towards a very clear angle of cybersecurity, which is touching every citizen, every internet user around the world, and it's dedicated to cyber hygiene. But to start with, let's see and locate the cyber hygiene in the big picture of cybersecurity, which is an increasingly important topic for governments, enterprises, organizations around the world. Let's do that indeed. I think, well, cybersecurity, as we all know, consists of many different things. Most broadly, us here in the Western culture, we approach to our approach to cybersecurity is from the technological angle. Um, we think of cybersecurity as um, an entity to, to pursue the CIA triad, the, the, uh, the confidentiality, the integrity and the av- availability of of data, equipment, and and uh, pro- processes in the very large sense of things. So I I mean the so that the, uh, the systems would be protected. And that has been also the roots of the cybersecurity, a technology driven and de- technology determined process in many cases. It, this is the approach we take in the West. I'd say countries like China or Russia or other cultures may have a different approach, but I think that's a topic of a different different uh, radio show, a different podcast. However, when uh, talking to the states people or high officials who would like to talk of cybersecurity at a national level, I think it's important to have some comprehensive tool at hand that can measure and sort of provide um, provide yeah metrics for cybersecurity. Security um, for a nation, for a country as a whole. And in that case, what comes very handy is a tool created and managed by the eGovernance Academy, the National Cybersecurity Index. The National Cybersecurity Index consists of three types of, ba- of indicators. There are general cybersecurity indicators that include issues such as the overall national cybersecurity policy, threat analysis, education and international cooperation, then there are um, baseline cybersecurity indicators which deal with the protection of data, uh, e-identification and so on. And then there are the incident and crisis management uh, indicators, very important for, for crisis management and the crisis cyber incidents. And so that's the big picture at a national level. And when we talk of cyber hygiene as such, I think it's it's what, where it would fit is perhaps under the first set of criterias, a little bit under education, and you one might expand the education part, also including the public awareness, so to say. So 
So cyber hygiene within that topic, I think, is a reference to practices and steps that the users and computers and other devices need to take at a very personal level to guarantee the security, cybersecurity of, uh, um, of, of, the, of them and, and those near them. At the national level, I can see and recognize the determined importance of the government institutions, regulations, institutions that deal with proper processes, uh, technologies, all kind of uh, incident uh, escalation procedures. And indeed, in that process, the individual users are not fit at all into a big national um, cybersecurity strategies. Uh, let's elaborate a little bit uh, how important, however, in terms of the different incidents and also from the risk perspective, the individual user's cyber hygiene can be. I think it's incredibly important. It is like health, and these days health is, is a topic very very close to us. Cyber hygiene in that regard is, is similar because, I mean, much like individual, when individual engages in healthy habits and washes one's hands and, uh, and or carries a mask and, and takes other steps necessary to keep oneself healthy, uh, preventive measures, one can keep away um, the um, different uh, different viruses. And, and similarly, in cyber hygiene, when one practices these principles of healthy habits, so to say, of healthy cybersecurity habits, one can keep away um, attacks, essentially. And this is where the cyber hygiene really underlines the personal responsibility, because, of course, states can issue strategies, policies, rules and regulations. But at the end of the day, regardless of our age, of our responsibility, we all carry some personal, really personal responsibility to to. Um, have to e implement cyber hygiene and and at very personal level act in a way that our behavior wouldn't create risks in the digitized society to ourselves and those near to us. We covered the uh, and the definition on a broader sense of the cyber hygiene also and as a importance. Now let's take a look on the approaches. I. I guess not all the different user groups, individuals, can be addressed with the same recommendations regarding the cyber hygiene, and we might have bigger risk groups. Uh, what are the practices in defining the different groups of users, and what are the lessons we have learned so far on, on this on their practices of cyber hygiene, do we have certain vulnerable groups around the world uh, or in society or some with, uh, I would say, uh, with uh, increased risk behavior? I think we de definitely do. And when when think of like how to approach those vulnerable groups, it's important first to to um, think of whether a country has defined an agency or institution um, in the first place that would have the mandate and prestige and clout, so to say, to issue those good recommendations, those tips. 
That role can be carried out by a media, if a media is, is, is well respected. Very often and growingly, this role is carried out by a um, sort of national cyber security agency. Uh, when looking around um, in Europe, for example, there are many examples of, of good tips that are issued by different national agencies. I'm thinking of the um, ANSI, the French Agents of National Security of the system uh, of, of information systems that has come up with 40 measures for healthy network. And there they try to cover a bit of everything. It's it's very general. A different approach is, is taken by UK by the um, Cyber Essentials produced by the UK government, government that is supported, recommendations supported by the information assurance for small and medium enterprises and for the uh, information security forum. So there the focus is at businesses which are regarded as a critical sort of target group. When thinking of in Estonia, I think the the responsible agencies is the National Information Authority or RIA, so to say, that regularly publishes tips and recommendations for the whole of public, and and doing so mostly in the month of October, which is is broadly celebrated now in recent years as the month of cybersecurity. Is there any reason why October is a month of cybersecurity? Is it increasingly dangerous month or vice versa? Increasingly is a time when people can capture uh, new practices and start using them as a new habits. Do we have any correlation with that? I think October is a good month for cybersecurity, just as any other month. So why not? It's good to hear. What are the practices around the world in addition to the um, recommendations and tips uh, in terms of practical implementation? Because uh, tips can be something which is really far from you. Do we have uh, examples of how really practically the cyber hygiene is embedded into a workforce, employment, digital skills, strategies, or education programs. Indeed, and and education. It's it's. I'm really glad you mentioned the education because that's uh, that's an uh, area which definitely needs focus and an area which is vulnerable. But more generally, I I think a good way to start is to adopt a cyber common cyber hygiene policy, and that can be relevant for any group, and it can be adopted at any level, so to say. It's important to really think through what what. What are first the risks in a given organization and how one then needs to approach those risks in a specific way? Let's be more concrete. I'm thinking, for example, of, um, uh, of first having a set of sort of good behavior rules regarding um, policies about password change, about software updates, hardware updates, uh, management of new installations and so on. But rules, of course, are good. The uh, an, an important part of it is also a way to regularly check the compliance with these rules. And that's uh, an approach that really needs to be adopted at organizational level. One can have, I can think of, a sort of like a general tests or courses that can be made obligatory for a small or and medium uh, enterprise. But I can also think of a whole country making obligatory 
courses that, for example, its public officials need to regularly pass. So this is a, an approach to cyber cybersecurity. Now, moving on to the education, which I think is really, really crucial and important, is is a, is a slightly different subject because, of course, one thing is to have these nice policies and rules. But the question really is, when we grow our kids, when our kids get educated in school, what kind of mindset, what kind of set of values do they start carry with them when they, before they enter the society after, after reaching 16 or 18 or whenever they can start voting and actually earning money and, 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 and become real, 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 sort of like 100% value citizens. What kind of citizens are we growing? What kind of value sets are we, are we um, teaching our kids? And this is an area which really, I think, uh, requires focus. There are some good practices, but honestly, uh, having uh, done some research, there are not uh, very many thorough programs for that in the world. So yet schools and kids are people, are a group in a society that are constantly testing the boundaries. They very often, when we think of kids going to school, they often acquire their first digital gadgets and they start playing around with them. Do they know at the same time what are the risks and, and threats involved with, with, uh, with playing around those gadgets? And at the end of the day, a philosophy that I think is deeply rooted in Estonia is that we all in cyberspace form this sort of comprehensive ecosystem. And if one member of a family is vulnerable, the whole family is vulnerable, and essentially um, the, the society can be. I can always recall back uh, some 20 years ago when going to visit uh, a minister on other country, European country, and seeing that on the, uh, on the computers of the Uh, Secretary General of one ministry, the kids were playing games, and uh, and when I asked, do we have any security threats related to that, they were saying no, they are just kids. They are playing computer games. They were just downloading earlier from the net, and that really recalled me understanding about the understanding how different levels of the cyber, cyber hygiene and cybersecurity concept can be also on a top leadership level. So I'm wishing that um, to see more often the situations which are the opposite where kids come home and explain to parents why they need to, to change the uh, Wi-Fi password from uh, the dog's or bet's name into something which is more encrypted and, uh, and more harder to to manage. Uh, we, ha we covered also the recommendations from around the world, and, uh, and I agree very much with the fact that uh, the children, especially because uh, the variety of different devices, the variety of different applications and games and services they are using is uh, actually testing continuously the cyber hygiene boundaries. Do you have also an opinion and, um, and, and practices uh, which we can refer as a good practices on cyber hygiene on not uh, teaching you how, to you how to wash the hands but putting children to the isolation or other words, uh, uh, taking from them away some things? For example, 
putting a ban on TikTok or putting a ban on certain other services, which for the national cybersecurity perspective might be considered as uh, risks and as uh, threats. Uh, is, um, is there any use of saying, no, it's not allowed, it's, it's illegal to play that computer game or illegal to use such internet service? I think when we talk about cyber hygiene in schools, the first and foremost, uh, there are a couple of issues that are really crucially important there. First is to develop a, a trust relationship with children so that um, you refer to uh, kids coming home from school uh, and teaching their parents how to uh, use stronger passwords. I would say it's important for parents to talk to kids coming home from school in the first place to actually show interest in what the children are doing online. What kind of games are they using? What's, what are their friends? What's interesting them? them? Because growingly, when looking at the statistics, kids complain in Estonia and broader that their parents and grown-ups are not interested in what they are doing online. So that's the first principle I think we, we can all try to, to improve. A second aspect in talking about school education is to target the teachers because you need to train the trainers, you need to train the teachers so that they can speak to kids um, so that the kids listen, so that the teachers can feel comfortable about teaching and discussing these issues. When looking at the various aspects of, of cyber hygiene in schools, so, I mean, I would just list aspects that are important and TikTok is part of it. So uh, specific risks that I think that should be taught in schools include the following, online safety, cyber bullying prevention, sexual violence prevention, prevention of internet and gaming addiction, and encouragement of health seeking. TikTok is part of that. That's sort of like, like to avoid kids becoming too addicted in cyber games. But at the same time, I am not a believer that saying no would solve stuff. Rather, it's important to have that dialogue going on with children about the usefulness of games. Some of the games can be very educative for them. Uh, we could discuss about regular security updates to games, whether game providers work with police and criminal, criminal law enforcement when some very dangerous games are discovered. I'm thinking of daring games that push children, very young children, to do risky stuff like jumping down from a high-roofed um, house or, or running in front of a train or other crazy things that can end up very, very badly. And uh, and there are platforms that are more responsive to these warnings by law enforcement and there are platforms that are less um, responsive, TikTok being part of the latter. So the, it's important to sort of like have a broad approach to develop trust and to have teachers willing and able and comfortable um, talking about cyber hygiene, but digital awareness more generally. 
Indeed. Merle, there are roughly around 5 billion internet users right now around the world in different countries. And uh, in the same time, we can't look at them as a cybersecurity threat because they are actually the beneficiaries of that information society on all the services they are using every day and all societies virtually around the world benefit. However, it was very important that today we spent time on looking to the cyber hygiene. Do we? Can we summarize somehow on broad recommendations for the governments on how to address and what to do in an impactful way in the area of the cyber hygiene improvement in their respective countries? I think it's important for governments to, again, to um, work with an, an identified institution responsible for cybersecurity and make sure that public awareness raising is part of the tasks appointed to that institution. Then and then do a public-private partnership. I mean, it's it's a trendy cliche term in, in, in as such, but I but I am a believer of that because the government itself should not come up with all the all the solutions. The government should work with media, but also having a sort of like playful approach by games, tests, courses, and these solutions can come from the private sector. So um, have a sort of like responsible point of contact or responsible agency within the government system and have them then reach out to the public by different means. It's important to be transparent. It's important to talk about this. And I think it's, it's crucial to start talking about these things at early age in schools. The 2020 is a strange year. We have kind of living through a change of one decade over one year right now. And the significance of digitalization is a new reality and with an increasing significant part of that. Also the kind of value per attack is increasing. Can you elaborate a little bit on when you are taking a kind of helicopter view on what is happening in the field of uh, cyber threats? Are there increasing trends around the threats and attacks against the IT systems or against the individual users with a low cyber hygiene? Well, I think that there can be one together with the other. Of course, when everybody's online and everybody's so dependent on platforms, um, including like people who, whose work depends on, on uh, interaction, daily interaction with the offices and their kids whose uh, education is dependent on, on daily distant, distant learning, we all become a little bit more vulnerable. However, the cyber crime essentially remains the same. It's the question of the directions of target and the directions of vect threat vectors, so to say. If the state communicates more with people, uh, warning, issuing warnings about wearing of masks or, or sending emails about whatever restrictions there are, they, the, the government decides to, to apply this week, then emails become a sort of something that people growingly click to open. And of course, the cyber criminals can be uh, can can make use of that. So, saying to 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 people that no, you shouldn't click on dangerous um, links, I think is not very is is a bit counterproductive or not very helpful 
people need to click on links sometimes for their job. You can't sort of like um, tell them not to do it. But uh, but it's important to reinforce the the positive side of it. And um, well, I, I guess I guess I'm I'm, I'm losing a, a strain of thought and getting all over the place. But but the point being here that with COVID, yes, we all become more vulnerable. With COVID, I think there is also an opportunity for us to to stop perhaps and look and think of the cybersecurity side of things. We all are more used to digital tools. Thus, therefore, um, it is an opportunity to focus more on cyber hygiene and take up that personal responsibility at personal level for grown-ups, for the children, and and make sure that we do not are not attacked. You asked like whether whether people as such are more vulnerable now or whether it's it's big services. Ultimately, I mean, banks are something that that get attacked all the time. Um, us using banks are part of that. Uh, the more people, for example, use online online interaction with with banks, the more vulnerable they become. So yes, there can be more and more sort of threat vectors towards average users and paying attention to the cyber hygiene is important. A friend of mine, a CIO of one country, appeared recently on my computer screen from his office. And I asked, why are you in the office? He said, I'm in the office because everybody, everybody caught a virus at home. And then I asked, wow, shouldn't you be then in isolation? Then he said, no, 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 not that virus, computer virus. So all the devices at home were corrupted with computer virus, so he had to move to his office environment to get connected with an uninfected connection. But with that, I would like to thank once again Merle for elaborating an important field and area and dimension in big cybersecurity dimension, which is cyber, um, cyber hygiene, and which is becoming more and more relevant as more and more societies and users are continuously online and using a relevant and critical to their life services. Merle, thank you once again, and uh, thank you everybody for listening. Join us back. My name is Linnarvik. I had it w today with me at the studio. Merle Maigre, expert on our cybersecurity area at e-governance academy, and tune back to our digital podcast next week. This podcast is brought to you by e-governance academy. Tune in on next Wednesday.